You're listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, now part of the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Remember, always use your head. You look like a dude who should be pumping my fucking gas. This isn't doing it for me. There's, I'm not getting, in, I'm not getting enjoyment out of this. He was a before the bell rings all star. All right, everybody, it is Tuesday night, March 7th, 2023. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast coming at you from the Pod Cave, part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com, where we encourage you to always use your head. I'm the man with the award-winning beard, DJ. I'm going to wrap around the room here and introduce this cast of characters we have on the show here tonight. Starting from the Rob the Genius Podcast, the Minister of Truth, the father of facts and figures, the deacon of data, the official shoot bear of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, a man who loves women's wrestling and does not want fries with that order. He's also got the golden shovel. Mr. Rob, how are you? Uh, not, not too bad. Can't complain. Sporting a fresh haircut, I see. Everybody, yeah, I did it myself this morning. Yep. Awesome. Because uh, it, uh, it, it was getting a little too out of control here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm about, I'm about a week away from that myself. Yeah, when, when I can feel it coming down on my uh, over my ears, then it's it's time to do something. <laughs> a little too long. Yeah, yeah. I, I usually keep mine just long enough to where I don't get bedhead. When I start getting bedhead, I'm like, yeah, it's got to go. And last but never ever ever least, Bucky's tag team partner, a man destined to go through a barber shop window and still a retail worker. Jason, sir, how are you? Wonderful, my friends. And I got to tell you, um, hair tickling the back of your neck is probably one of the best feelings in the world. So. Ah, listen to this guy. He's, he's getting after the old bald guy here. <laughs> I, I did want to mention, I wanted to say this on the pre-show, but I was like, you know what? I'll say this with Rob's fresh haircut. I got to say, you guys are very blessed because you guys actually do look good bald. Like I, when I, um, when I, because you think some people just don't have the head for it, man. Some people don't. Like, you know who was a surprising one? Mark Davis. When he, when the owner of the Raiders, have you seen him recently? He just cut off his baby Huey haircut, and now he's got like a chrome dome, and he actually he looks pretty good. But in any case, when I had long hair and I would pull it all back into a bun, if ever I looked at my house self straight on because I'm like this, I'm like, Oh no, dude! You would not look good, Bob. Please keep this stuff forever. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I do okay, bald. I've got a bit of a cone head. There's like a bit of a ridge, right, right, almost perfectly splitting my scalp. Um, <laughs> so when I shave it down to the skin, it's much more pronounced, but it's not too bad. Um, yeah, it's. I thankfully I've been very, very lucky with that. I've, I've, I have some friends who don't exactly have the greatest shape head, and unfortunately, they're they're Mother Nature bald. They're not even, uh, you know, I got to get rid of my hair bald. Right. Funny because uh, me, yeah. uh, me and all our boys in college, we went through this kind of phase where we all wanted to start shaving our heads, or a lot of us did. And Because well, um, it, it was a, like back in my day, uh, for a while there, it was like a big fad almost. Um, a lot of me and like a lot of people were doing it. So we started, you know, we. I'll start doing it for a while. 
And then, and it, well, I could save money, you know, because we were all broke. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, man, I, I, like I said, God bless it, because I do not have the skull or enough melatonin to pull that off. That's because now, I mean, some, you know, some friends of mine did the, you know, dreads thing. You see, I don't have, my hair doesn't grow out. It doesn't, if I try to grow it out, it doesn't grow out right to do something like dreads. It just looks you know ready and raggedy and so yeah uh, yeah so i, I just, don't think I, I don't think i've ever even seen pictures of you with like your hair more than like an inch um cause, well well because when, when did i do, like well i've never like grown it like all the way out like in like a big afro or anything i've always i've grown it out enough where it looks like i need a haircut <laughs> that's, yeah. about, that's about as far so as you've never you've never let it go beyond that to see what happens yeah, because cause it just like well, when it gets beyond a certain length, it, it just it doesn't grow out evenly all the way around. See, so just, I had the same. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so it just doesn't, it doesn't like after a certain length, it just it just looks it doesn't look good. Like if I keep growing it out, so I just have to after, when it gets to a certain point, I just gotta cut it. See, you gotta push through because when I grew my hair out super long that one time, it got to a point for a couple of months where it was like. You can see this part is starting to like curl that way. Yeah, and wings literally out. It gets it gets like Luke Skywalker nineteen seventy seven like the curl going, <laughs> and I don't perm that thing or anything. And then you let it grow a few more inches, and it comes straight down. See, uh, that's what so I did uh, when I was in my late teens, early twenties. When I still had a full head of hair, I grew mine out like it was like at one point probably like Roman Reigns long, and, nice. and Roman Reigns thick. You know, because I do have that Italian gene in there. Um, so I had that thick Italian hair. <clears throat> and the problem that it came into is when it started receding, because I've always had a high forehead, even when I before I started losing hair, I've always had a five head. But once it started to recede, it was like really super pronounced. And now because my hair is so thick and so full, I tried to grow it out about three or four years ago. And I look like the dude from Ancient Aliens. Right. Like, if you know who I'm talking about. Straight. It doesn't go straight. It goes kind of wild like yours, but it starts way back here. So oh, it kind of okay. poofs up and grows out, kind of looks like a the top of a of a, of a, a pineapple in, in the top, and then it kind of grows out and kind of looks like a mushroom. It was horrible. <laughs> it was <laughs> a terrible look. Where, where, and that's a situation where you look so bad, you're like, I can't afford the two months where it might actually look good again. Well, that's the thing. What I found, because I the longest I grew it out, I want to say about – Six years ago, I grew it out right about the length that yours is now, maybe slightly longer. I know it was on my shoulders. And there was a point where it didn't look too bad. But mm -hmm. after that, it really looked like I was a guy trying to hold on to his hair. Um, had, depending had, on. Had I? I'm sorry, go ahead. It's, it's, like I said, I, I looked in the mirror and I looked at Tina. I'm like, you know what? I really like like that guy who's trying too hard to hold on to what's left of his hair. Right. And I just shaved it right back off. It's like I went to work the next day, and they're like, "What the f did you do?" I'm like, "I got tired and, of it." And again, the problem is, if you let it go for a little while longer, it might actually grow into something cool. But yeah, I would have looked like Baron Corbin. It would have looked terrible. Well, hey, you know, <laughs> he, that was one of the best decisions. But, there's a reason why Baron Corbin shaved his head, and yeah. and I was coming real close to, to to having the same reasons, and that's why you know. Yeah. That stinks for him too, because in the beginning, 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 the widow's peak was pretty freaking cool. It looked good, and it then added as to the gimmick to retreat. It was like okay, 
Time, time to do something different. T- time to say goodnight to it, buddy. It's time. It's okay. Let it go. Um, but you know what? He's he's happy now. So, or he might be going back to being a bum. We don't know. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with him. Um, so let's uh, let's do a mental health check. I, I know we said we were going to start trying to do this a little bit more often. Um, I told you guys last week my mental health sucks. I'm working on getting a getting a counselor here, and uh, you know, just trying to get myself back on track. Um, feeling. To be perfectly honest with you, work has been rather stressful, and it's one of those things where the harder I feel like I'm working, the more more behind I feel like I'm getting. And when you work so hard and you don't feel like you're making any headway, it plays with your head. When you start second guessing yourself, you're like, God damn, what am I doing wrong? And you know, you got people around you going, No, it's not you. It's not you. It's the situation. But I'm somebody who has to be in control of my situation. And even when it's beyond my control, I still shoulder that responsibility. And I got to I gotta learn how not to do that. I got to learn how to walk away from it and say, you know what, kid, you did the best you could. It's outside your control and it's okay to be outside your control. And I have a hard time doing that. Like I probably shoulder more than I should, especially when it comes to work. Um, so... I got to talk to somebody and I'm working on talking to somebody and it's, you know, hopefully I've got this conference coming up this weekend. Hopefully by next weekend, I'll have something set up where I can just sit down with somebody and say, look, can you point me in the direction? Because I'm not exactly, uh, I'm, I'm kind of rudderless right now with certain things. So let's check in on Rob. Rob, how are you doing? How are the workouts coming? Uh, well, okay. So uh, I've been, doing two days you know getting to the gym twice a week and mm-hmm. so i have i gotta get my first one in for this week i'm gonna try to do that tomorrow and well since we're not recording tomorrow since uh i got time to do it <laughs> we'll talk There's about that in a minute <laughs> yeah oh but uh but now but i have i, I have I, the past few days i have stepped up my walking so i haven't been like a total potato here um <laughs> the last few days uh, the biggest thing for me, man, um, you know, we got this new thing we're doing at work. We have this new program we're using at work to calculate people's pension benefits. And it just, it takes longer than the old one. And it just, it stinks. And, <laughs> and um, you know, you got those computer applications. They, they, they change this and that. And they tell you, oh, it's going to be so much better. And then it's not. <laughs> and, right. time, and then when you finally get when you finally get the hang of it, it's up oh, time to upgrade. Yeah, that's kind of, isn't that the way with all um, bigger and better apps? It's uh, you know you, you get used to the new one, and then the new new one comes out within like a year, and you're suddenly what you're using is obsolete. Or alternatively, they desperately try to hang on to that last app when that last app is on its last legs, and you're like, "Guys, we need to go in a different direction." <laughs> but then that you use that uh, that application for another like three years. Yeah, that was like our old electronic medical health records. Uh, that company went under, um, like totally went under, and they went under like three months after our contract <laughs> ended. Um, and you know the software the software was terrible anyway but it just yeah oh because man i got i got a software horror story for y'all oh no uh, this was this was about man it's about 15 years ago all right um 
somebody got the bright idea to get like a this new software application to calculate stuff that was based on loading in like parameters instead of just typing in numbers and formulas and stuff. And somebody sold ARPA management on it and but it was basically it was a boondoggle because this company that made it was in Canada. And it was supposed to be this new thing and then it was using this was like 2004 and this thing was using DOS prompts. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> and it was the company was in Canada so we were making trips back and forth to Canada. Yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, our some of our audience, maybe even a majority, probably not, because they probably skew our age, but they might not know what DOS is, man. Okay. <laughs> DOS is this very outdated programming language. Like, it dates back to the 80s. Okay. And because the federal government is, because we're, like, slow upgrading everything, like, um, like, like what, what's the latest... The current iPhone? 20? Uh, 14. 14. Yeah, well, I think we got, we got like, we just got 12, like, a year or two ago, like, two years ago. <laughs> so, um, and that, you know, it's because, you know, there's a bunch of hoops you got to jump through. And then, you know, because we're the federal government and we're walking around with the newest thing, there's always somebody looking at us like, oh, that's our taxpayer money. It, it wastes getting y'all new iPhones, and, you know. So our stuff is always outdated by at least one or two versions. But this was kind of ridiculous. And, this was, you know, so we were going back and forth to Canada with this company um, with this outdated software. And then, yeah, you know, you had to connect to the server up there when you ran stuff. And if you had a really big pension plan with thousands of people in it, which we do sometimes, then if you wanted to run in the program to calculate everything, you had to you had to start running it when you left for the evening and come back the next day and hope it didn't crash. Jesus, <laughs> that sounds awful. Because if you tried to run it during the day when everybody was working, it just it, it wouldn't it, it just it, it, it would not take. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. I mean, and um, we were stuck with this thing because the upper management had committed. And they didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to admit defeat and look stupid. And it just persisted for just a long ass time. And it was, it was just bad. And then, of course, then, then when they finally, you know, acquiesced and said, okay, we're going to do something different. Then they, they did, they did, they pulled a Roman Reigns on us. They, they did, they said, see, we did you guys a favor by, we gave you what you wanted. You said you wanted a different program. So we gave, we did you a favor and gave it to you. <laughs> and we're always sitting there like, cause, and we're always sitting there like, well, because the the one you the one you forced on us sucks, God. you know. And but they were like, you're welcome. You know, we we found, you know, we fixed the problem that we caused, you know, two years later, and we did it for you. <laughs> yeah. why, why aren't you thanking us? You know, ne never mind the part they don't tell you is they didn't actually fix anything. Their contract ran up. <laughs> yeah, so they didn't have a choice. Right? It's like. SpongeBob and Patrick sitting there in the city's on fire. We did it, Patrick. We saved the city. Oh man! Welcome to government work. Well, so, yeah. and, and just you know, 
to not go on too long with this, but to, to those of you who go wonder about like government waste, that's where the real go- the real government waste is in things like contracts for stuff that doesn't work. That's where the real government waste is. Don't it's not you know if you see some people you know it's it's not you know because well ex worker gets paid this much money to do such and such. No, it's it's in contracts. That's where the real waste is. If, let, and, uh, let me tell you the story of a little plane called the F-22 Raptor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boy, oh, boy. Yeah, you did, the, the waste is not it? in Rob's three-generation-old iPhone. No, and it's not like if you see, you know, if you see, uh, oh, these people from this department went out to, you know, they had a conference in Las Vegas. No, that's not, that's not where the waste that's is. contractors. Oh, I mean, even, well, I mean, it used to be just like sometimes federal employees would do their training stuff in some place oh, yeah. like, well, because you have a budget, you get allocated X amount of dollars, and if you don't use it all, then next year they're going to look at you like, well, you can't ask for that much anymore. You don't need that much. Right. So and there's so, always the, the thing at the end of the year, oh, shit, buy everyone a new flat screen or something. Right. So it, so it comes out, well, then we, well, we got to spend, because you ask for a certain amount of money because you think you need it. And if it turns out that you don't, then it's like, well, we bet, well we've got to use it on something. That shit happens in, sp- like, special forces and units all the time. Like, they'll be like, oh, shit, we have a, a budget of money. Guess what? In December, everyone's getting PS5s. Like, seriously. That'd be nice. Crazy. Yeah, right? And I mean, not that those guys don't deserve it, but, you know, right. you pile that up unit after unit after unit and contract after contract after contract after, you know billion dollar fighter after billion dollar fighter it's like okay well all right well jason mental health check buddy talk to me not not great not great yeah we talked a little bit off air but uh you know if you want to dig in a little more go for it i mean uh i'm just you know i'm good overall you know it's just a rough week um these things at the new job not exactly panning out in terms of you know, what was promised and what was asked isn't exactly being delivered and things like that. So, you know, I it's definitely an industry I probably want to move forward with, but this might not have been the right company, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, we got a few irons in the fire and things like that, but that's kind of taking a toll on the old mental health because I went into this guns blazing and everything's going to be great and it's going to be awesome. And it was for a little bit. And then it's like, okay not getting the same level of support and whatnot that I was getting a while ago. Now I'm suddenly just another cog in the machine very quickly. And it was just not, uh, I was sold a bill of goods kind of. And I think that's important. You know, when you go into a job interview, you know, you're not just there to like collect a paycheck and do shit. Like you're there to also, you know, you want to keep your mental health. Okay. You want to keep everything going. Um, And you know, it's, I'm not exactly, I'm not mad at anyone or anything like that. Just not working out the way it was supposed to. Not a good, not the best fit that I'd hoped for. Yeah, well, it was a gamble. It was a crapshoot. And, you know, it's part of life, man. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not, uh, but it is just the fact that, okay, do I want to do something different? I've got, I've actually had, you know, another customer reach out, previous customer from when I worked at Verizon reach out to me. who They saw my resume on Indeed. If you listen to a previous episode when I got let go from Verizon, that happened almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's nice to see, again, my eight plus years of servitude to Verizon not 
you know, panning out into stuff. Um, so, yeah, definitely not in a bad place or anything like that. Just I need to be upfront about these mental health checks because there's no point in doing them if we all say, oh, everything's great. Everything's wonderful. I have an appointment with my therapist on Thursday, as I usually do. So we're just going to keep on keeping on. Good deal, man. And, you know, and much like Rob, I started working out again. I, and actually, I'm, I'm proud of myself. I've been pretty consistent. I worked out Monday through Friday last week, uh, took Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, just because we were busy, it was that uh, we celebrated uh, my kids' birthdays. My kids are going to be 18 on Friday. And so I, they're going to be with their mom, and I'm going to be at conference out of town this weekend. So I did their birthday this weekend. So Saturday was busy. Sunday was my rest day, man. We did a couple chores around the house. I'm like, you know what? I've been busier than hell. I'm going to sit on my ass today. Uh, was right back into it Monday morning. Got back up at four. Uh, was back in my little home gym in my garage. Did it again uh, today. Going to do it again tomorrow. Going to get up Thursday before I head out to Orlando for this conference. Um, so, yeah, I need to be in Orlando before eight. I'll probably be up at 4 a.m. And it's 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 helping. Like, I have always found my the gym has been my church for so long and I'm finding that again. And I feel good about that. And that's been important to me to, to get back in touch with that because it was so good for me for so long for you, the listeners. Again, we encourage you to, if you're having mental health problems, you're having just a tough time going through a little depression, going through a little something, something, man, if you've got a therapist, we encourage you to see them. If you don't have one and you're struggling, we encourage you to find one, find someone to talk to. And if you don't want to do any of that, don't have the means to do any of that, call the crisis hotline, 988. It's very simple. They're there to listen to you. Call them, talk to them. Don't suffer. As we always say, reach out to someone. There's help out there and there's no reason why in 2023 that anyone should be sitting out there wondering if they're alone because you're not. Amen. All right. So let's talk a little bit of wrestling. Um, I'm not going to say things have been a little slow. Uh, the root beer companies had some things going on, but we don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about SmackDown because our resident genius, the shoot bear of the mindless wrestling podcast, Mr. Rob, was actually in attendance at SmackDown this week. And uh, Rob, this is uh, this has been your you've been like you and you've got an active uh uh, live event schedule coming up over the next couple months, don't you? Yeah, so uh, this was the first one. Um, so next month, uh, on April 15th, I'm going to, there's a, a New Japan Pro Wrestling show going on in Washington, D.C. So I'm going to go to that because uh, they put Washington, D.C. They do a couple of dates in the U.S. every year now because they, they have a wing of the company called New Japan Strong operates in the u.s and so but no new japan proper actually does a few shows in the united states every year and they, they did dc last year so it must have went well enough that they're coming back so i'm gonna be doing that april 15th and then in may um the uh, root beer company is, is coming back to baltimore and the what's what used to be the Baltimore Arena has gotten, you know, they, they I guess, rebirth, rebuilt it, refurbished it or whatever. So it's, they're going to be doing the show there. And it's, it's I think it's opened back up in a few weeks. And the, the Baltimore Arena is one of those, 
uh, it's one of those old buildings. Goes back for me. It goes back to the Jim Crockett days in the NWA. I mean, Baltimore has always been a really good wrestling town, and yeah, you know, I've been going to shows in that building since then, uh, since the '80s or, or late '80s. Yeah, so it's always good to go taking a show there, and so they're going to be going there for the first time because uh, and so I'm going to go there and check that out. And, you know, I got a couple of email alerts from the local indie show. So now they're doing, they're doing a bunch of stuff over the next couple of months. So I'm like thinking about maybe taking in one of those if I'm free. One I night. need to do that. My local guy here, I, I joked about this promotion on this show before, Atomic Revolutionary Wrestling. And there's probably some stuff that can be said. I got to say the guy booked some talent. We had, uh, we had Eric Bischoff. We had uh, Jerry Briscoe. We had... Um, there was a couple other like legendary names that he's had come out to the show here, Rhea. And this is five ten. Well, I say five ten. It's literally like a 15, 20 minute drive away for me to get there. Yeah, and because uh, here it's a uh, Maryland Championship Wrestling, so they book a lot of people. Um, you know, people who are in between WWE stints come through there a lot, or people, or maybe if they're not going back at all, but they're still working. You know, I mean, just. All types of names have come through there. I mean, so, and now, and now with um, AEW operating, which, and this is good. This is why we say it's good to have AEW, whether we're critical of them or not. Um, now, that's another, you know, being in AEW, get you booked on some of these indie shows and you can get paid a little more because now they can, they can put on so-and-so from AEW because it, yep. it's a nationally televised wrestling company and people know what that is people who go to indie shows definitely know what aew is oh 100 yeah so they i mean so they're you know they book some guys from there now also and and this place has been running for a while uh Maryland, yeah i mean it's been running for these well, yeah, well are they yeah. are they former aew guys or are they guys who you know are allowed oh, to do uh, the current guys because i'm was it the guy action andretti is one of the champions there now gotcha yeah so yeah, they. I mean, they, yeah, they book guys who are currently working there. Uh, My local nice. guy's got a deal worked out with uh, Impact. Um, he's had some nice. Impact. Was it uh, Moose? Is that the guy's name? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Moose has worked a few shows for him. Um, I think when uh, I think when James Gunn was still there, he came over and worked. Or James Storm, not James Gunn. James Storm. James <laughs> Gunn's director. Yeah. God damn it, James Storm. <laughs> Came over and worked a couple shows for him. Uh, when Mia Yim was still at Impact, she worked a couple of shows over there. So yeah, he's it's 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 and it's a good thing for these guys on these nationally televised shows, like Rob was just saying, to to have the ability to go out and do, you know, some of this other stuff for the local. Right, and like the Maryland Championship Wrestling, they're 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 a step or two above. They're not the mud show guys. They're they're a step or two above that. So you can actually go there and make it, you know, for for your one night payday or whatever. You can actually do pretty well for yourself, you know, if you come through there every couple of months or whatever. Yeah. So SmackDown, talk to me. What uh, what was the what was the show like? Just, I mean, the, the crowd looked like it was pretty good. Ah, uh, it was. And now, man, I ran into traffic going there, so I got there like two seconds before the opening. Oh wow. So, yeah, so I missed whatever the, the whatever the dark match was before the show. I I missed that entirely. 
So I got to my seat and like, like again, like a minute or two right before everything started. And so, you know, opened up with the bloodline coming out and I mean, well, look, DC's always been about a, a bloodline town. So, you know, um, you know, they got cheered at first, but then, I mean, Cody came out and he got cheered really loud. And so that segment, it's funny because, I mean, people, I mean, like, you know, I saw people kind of like just you know, totally like raving about that opening promo and it was, it was great. It, now, I will say in the building, it felt like it was going a little long because you, you could hear people getting a little restless towards the end. But, I mean, it was still a great way to open the show. And then towards the end, and then, and then the main event was Michael Sammy came out there. I mean, people cheered him pretty loudly. And, and, and listen to me just say this. Um, this whole attempt to kind of conflate Sammy and Cody and, you know, people are going to not be happy with Sammy getting in the position he's in and they're going to get mad at Cody and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to tell you right now, that's, it's from what I saw Friday night, that's garbage. I mean, <clears throat> people are smart enough to know. I mean, they cheered for Cody. They cheered for Sammy. People are smart. Enough, and this is one of those instances where people really are smart enough to, to have a clue what's going on here. Yeah. Um, and I don't think anybody, nobody without an agenda really was on this Sammy, well, Sammy must win the title train. Most people saw for what it was, um, and see it for what it is. And that's not to say that it wouldn't be, you know, people wouldn't rejoice if he did win at some point or whatever, but most, look, people, people saw, people know what, okay, people, this is one of those instances where, you know, it, you know, the people really do recognize what's going on. And unless you were like actively trying to push this, then it's just not there. It's, it's not yeah. a thing. Um, Here, here's, I'm going to, sorry, Rob, I didn't mean yeah. to interrupt you, but I, I'm going to make a, make a statement here. So often the anti WWE crowd accuses the WWE fans. Obviously we, you know, take it on the, 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 the label E drones and things like that. And, you know, it's the only type of wrestling we know. We don't know anything else. We don't know what we're watching. We don't understand. I would argue that true WWE fans know exactly what the hell we're watching. We don't yep. need it spelled out. We know what, like, the people in the bubble really, really wanted Sammy to win and are really hot that he didn't. The average person knows what we're being fed. They knows the they, average we know person. what knows that we were being we were being walked like a 90 year old woman being walked across the street we are holding you know hunter's hand and he is walking us ever so gently to the moment that happened last night on raw with jay and sammy yep and the average wwe fan gets that we were headed the whole time Check the tape. Go back like two, maybe even three months on this podcast. All three of us were in agreement. Jay and Sammy was the end game, and it's probably going to be KO, obviously, and Jay, KO and you know Sammy and Jay and Jimmy. Right. So, Rob, yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. Oh no, 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 it's, it's cool, man. So, people get it. Everybody in the building got it. Right. They they understood. And 
and now um, man, I was sitting. The guy I was sitting behind was getting up and dancing to everybody's entrance music. So, <laughs> I mean, good look. I thought I, I thought I, you know, I got an aisle seat. So I figured, okay, this is perfect. I got an aisle seat. Um, if you know, I can stand up without you know worrying about blocking somebody's view if I need to, and it's an aisle seat. So if somebody needs to, you know. Need to walk to the middle of the road to sit down. It's not that big of a deal because I'm just on the end. I can hop right up and hop sit right back down. This is great. If I need to get up and go somewhere, I can get up and go. Great. And then I got, I got, I got <laughs> the guy sitting right in front of me. And the way I was, you know, so I looked to my right to see the ring and then the entrance and all that. So of course, I mean, so this, so every time somebody was coming out, this dude was up and like dancing to everybody's music. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> so I, I had to get up every like I, you know so every time somebody came out if I wanted to see I had to get up and but it was I mean it was a good time though it was fun now one of the really wild part was all right so during the main after the main well, during the main event some of the event you know staff people like they start clearing like they, they cleared out the corner of the ringside area that was over by us oh and yeah I was, and I was like oh okay somebody's gonna something's going to happen here and then you know they started clearing the aisle so during the main event like a lot of us were like looking towards the door to see if somebody was going to come in but then what happened is of course sammy got away from solo and jay and jimmy and he came up by where we were standing where we were sitting so like oh. he was like literally like standing like a foot away from me we got a great video of it, man. Yeah, I, I yeah, I saw it on your Instagram. Um, yeah. yeah, you got a great video of Sami Zayn. Yeah, so he was like right there, right in my face, and so that I mean that was really cool. I, you know, I think that's the first time I've been like actually sitting by where they one of the wrestlers comes up in the stands. So that I mean that was really cool, and. And oh, and um, um the ring announcer, like Samantha, like. She is something else. She's so good. She's so yeah. good, man. Yeah. Um, she, like, she, I used to, I like, I miss Joe. Remember JoJo? Yeah. Like, JoJo was really good. Samantha has just slid right in there and taken that over and made it her own. Yeah. And well, it's, um, it's what we talk about with, you know, a lot of promos and things like that. It's the Brandy or whatever her name was, Eva, Eva or whatever was, and and JoJo were all, were very good in their own way. Samantha uses her diaphragm, and she's just like goon I'm just yeah. like she she makes it rock, man. And then um, so like during one of the little breaks, they're you know playing like the the DX song, and you know they're doing like a you know DX break or whatever, and people doing the. Was your boy cross shopping? Oh look! They took the camera all around the arena, and it's it's funny now to see kids doing that. Oh yeah, yeah. it's hilarious. Yeah, we did the DX uh, the DX dance cam at our, the SmackDown. My daughter and I went to several months ago. Um, it's fun. It really yeah. is. It's funny to see those little kids doing the crotch. <laughs> and, uh, Dude, that's that's one of the best things. But I mean, she was like she was singing the part of the the singing part of the song. She was singing it. Oh. Really? Yeah. To the mic, or was she like just into the mic? Yeah, and man. whoa, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, you I'm got the full experience. We didn't get that. They just played the music yeah, and ran cool. the cam around the uh, yeah. the crowd. That's awesome, man. And then, 
so I mean, it was it was a really fun time. And then, of course, I had you know I had to stay for the, the you know the, the the real main event of the evening. <laughs> Here it is. The dark. Magic. We've reached that point in the show, ladies and gentlemen. Well, of course. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, who'd she fight? Uh, Sonia. Oh. Poor Sonia. <laughs> she has just it, become Charlotte's Charlotte's wrestling buddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so yeah, I mean, yeah, basically, um, because like she's been wrestling Sonia and Shayna on all the different house shows and whatnot. Uh, except well, except for the one weekend they had like a four way, and you know, your girl Zoe Stark was in a couple of those matches, and nice. and she had some very high praise for her. She did. She had some nice things to say about Zoe Stark, and I have been high on Zoe Stark on this show. If you've listened to us for months, that is a straight up talent right there, Bubba. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they just need to, like I've said several times, I, I'm with you, DJ. I fully believe in the girl. I think she can make something happen. Now let's just give her a little bit more of a character. Yeah. Right. I, I don't she's disagree still, there. She's still kind of just wrestle gal at this point, <clears> which is fine because it's her first year in NXT. Like, okay, walk before you, you know, crawl before you walk, walk before you run. Let's get there. But so far, so good, brother. Zoe's yeah. great. So, um, yeah, so, so I, you know, I stay for the real main event of the evening. And, uh, <laughs> and but by the way, again, to our younger audience, when jo- when uh, our pal DJ says Charlotte's wrestling buddy, she does not mean friend and, you know, great partner or anything like that. There were these little uh, stuffed wrestle buddies that were, you know, the size of pillows that were marketed to us when we were our kids, you know, you get warrior, you get Hogan and you know, the whole point was to beat the ever loving shit out of them. Yep. You just did elbow drops on him from the couch. It was great. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so when we say, you know, Charlotte is her wrestling buddy, probably not the best thing, but Hey, she collects a bigger paycheck than I do. So there you go. Yep. And, uh, so then after that, you know, uh, I was looking at the clock and, you know, then it, it was time to make a, Beat the traffic decision. So, <laughs> what you we miss? did that at our SmackDown. They they had the main event, which was the Usos versus Street Profits. No, I'm sorry, it was Angelo Dawkins versus. I think it was Jimmy, and you know, obviously Montez and Jay were were ringside. So of course it, the melee breaks out and all the shit happens. But after that, there was like a post match thing with Omos and I don't even remember who. I'm like, no, we're out of here. We gotta yeah, go. Let's beat the crowd. Let's get in the car. Let's go home. Because uh, we, well, we after- have to correct ourselves. Because we've been saying both of you, it's Omas. We, me, and I, you and I have been saying it wrong. I don't know about Rob, but I, we've been stressing the O because that's how it's spelled. O M O S. It's Omas. Omas. Like in, in, in his his uh, his accent, that's probably exactly how it's pronounced. Yeah, because exactly. he's Nigerian, right? Right. Yes. Exactly. Okay. So yeah, Omas. I just got to be better about that. So I, um, so I think well, Finn and Cody came on after that. I didn't stick around for that. Boo. Well, look, they just had a match on TV a few weeks ago. <laughs> uh, hey, man, Finn Balor, Cody Rhodes. That'll, that'll sell me. Yeah, up. no doubt. So, Rob, did you pick up any merch? Uh, well, see, no, I didn't because, look, I've not gone T-shirt crazy the past couple of months. So all the, like, the most recent stuff. Already, <laughs> he's up to date. Actually, we talked about that last week. I think you know yeah. you were showing off your t-shirts and yeah. Frankly, unless it unless it's a show exclusive shirt or you just really want that shirt, I don't you don't buy show. It, it's cheaper on the shop. 
and I already got like the sale. And I already got I got a DC exclusive T-shirt when I went was at a house show uh, like 2021, I think. So yeah, so I, yeah, I didn't need to get that again. So uh, yeah, and I, I I don't just get the uh, you know oh WWE Boston shirt. No, don't get that shit. I, have I the, like the show-specific like, shirts. You know, but I'm saying I have the Suplex City ticket to Boston. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shirt, that's awesome. But if yeah. it literally says, like, some of them are just literally a picture of all the talent, and it says, like, WWE live show. Oh, no. Yeah. See, I got oh, the, I got the, and the we, WWE logo. It's like, what? Because when we went to MSG, I got the New York one because it was made out, like, look, look like a Knicks t-shirt. Yeah. With the logo yeah, and everything. Exactly. And get that. see, that's the two. That mind you, I bought these off the shop because I didn't go to either one. But when they did WrestleMania in Tampa in was it nineteen or twenty? Which one was the one before that? I know they did back to back in Tampa, but it was one before the official pandemic. I think that was nineteen. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. It was. It's a really nice acid washed red one, and it's got like the uh, the the Tampa Bay skull logo and everything, kind of built into the wrestlemania logo and then i have a wrestlemania from new york city i forget which year it is um i i dig those um show specific city specific um t-shirts well it must be from 20 because or 21 because 20 was tampa and it was you know in the performance center it was actually it was in the in performance Orlando. center Right. I have I have the shirt for that one though. I probably bought that shirt. I wasn't there. I wish I had bought. Kicking myself in the ass it's, for never buying that I, one, man. I literally, I literally had tickets to that WrestleMania. Like Tina, I had looked at tickets for that WrestleMania. I should, no, I'm sorry. The first one back after the pandemic, uh, yeah. where they had like 50 percent capacity. Yeah. She looked at tickets for that one, and by the time she was looking, they were already like 500 bucks a pop. And she's yeah. like, "We could go." I'm like. No, I really want to go, but that's a thousand dollars, honey. And then we got to get hotel for three nights, and I got to take off work on Monday because no way I'm dragging my ass back from Tampa at three o'clock in the morning to try to go to work by seven. That ain't happening. So we nixed uh, we nixed Tampa that year. That yeah, makes sense. The fifty percent capacity thing probably nixed it for a lot of folks because the tickets were out of control. Tickets were out of control, and we were still. Let's face it, we were still in a pandemic. You know, just right. because they started to open things back up did not mean that we were safe by any no, stretch right. of the imagination. I'm looking right. around at this. I'm like, look, I've already had, you know, I already had COVID. Well, no, no, I had COVID after the fact because I didn't get COVID until April of last year. But I'm like, I'm still not playing the odds because I made it damn near three years COVID free, you know, just doing what everything I'm supposed to do. I'm not about to take chances on that. So well, it, it was it was a good time all in all. Uh, yeah. That's all. Good deal. Any other highlights of the night? Um, uh, man, see this. Then one thing is one of those nights where I remember when you, when your daughter said there wasn't quite enough wrestling on the show. Yeah. Oh, well, this was another one of those. <laughs> yeah, and that's so difficult. Like we had Raw here about a month or so ago, and actually it was the Raw I damn well should have gone to because everybody was there. Roman was there. Brock was there. A lot of shit happened that night. And, yeah. you know, I had I'd actually pulled up the website and looked at tickets. But again, because I'm old and because I'm cranky and because I like my sleep, I'm like, I don't want to get home at one o'clock in the morning yeah, and turn around and get up. Going to Raw is a slog. It, yeah, is. I would imagine. But this was a hot Raw. There was a lot going on. But again, we're still talking about 
you know, five hours of time. By the time you get there, you know, it's 8 o'clock. Show starts at eight. Runs till eleven. By the time you get out, it's damn midnight before you even get on the road to get home. It's an hour home because I'm old and I'm crotchety. I'm like, I don't want to get home at one thirty in the morning and try and get up and go to work the next day. And I'm not smart enough to take Monday and take like Tuesday off because it's just a, such a dumb day to take off. Like yeah. I, I, I could take Monday after Mania off. I could take Saturday. You know, SmackDown's on a Friday, so I've got Saturday if I want to sleep in. Um, but Tuesday's just such a dumb day of the week. To t- like, how do I put in for that? Like, tell my boss, uh, I'm going to a wrestling show Monday night. Can I can I have Tuesday off? Like, that just, yes. in in my head, that sounds lame. Yeah, they, they don't need to know what you're taking it off for. It's your day off. Get out of here. That's why I, I mean, I know. I just, it's, to oh, me, it's, it's totally me. Yeah. Oh, because, yeah, look, I mean, because when I went to Raw last August, look, I made a business decision that night and when, um, when they sent, you know, when they sent Bobby and AJ Styles out there at ten o'clock, I was like, okay, um, yeah. <laughs> when they're done, I'm done. <laughs> Gianna and I did that. It was literally like thirty seconds after the three count of the uh, the USO Angelo Dawkins match. I'm looking at Gianna and she's looking at me, and I can see the look on her face. She's tired. I'm like, yeah. honey, are you ready to get out of here? She's like, yeah, Dad, let's go. I'm like, okay, let's all ask. And and we did. We got out of there. We beat most of the traffic. We got out of Orlando like in record time. It was great. Nice. Yeah, because um like um Friday I was home like SmackDown ends at ten, and Charlotte and Sonya that they didn't you know they're about seven or eight minutes, and then that and then I got I was home by like eleven. Yeah. And um, so yeah um, it, you know, hey look, Boss, you must live pretty close to that arena then. Oh uh, well, because well, you then, took the train, I, right? Yeah, I took the subway, and the if you see, if you both times, I was lucky enough to get to the platform right when the train got there. Oh, nice! So I didn't have to. I got to hop on the train immediately, and so you know, and it was that's about twenty minutes or so. And then at night, you know, the roads, the highways are pretty empty at night, so I didn't have to fight a bunch of traffic to get home once I got off the train. So yeah, yeah. I mean, so if you if you leave early enough, yeah, you can you can, and if you catch the right break at the subway station, then you can, you I mean you can get back home pretty quickly. So that's one thing I miss about um, New York City, where I lived in Harlem. I was on one twenty seventh. The one twenty five train, the subway was, I could walk to it in less than two minutes from my apartment. Get on there, and you take it's either the A or the D. Dropped you off right at Penn Station. You got out, and MSG was right there. Oh, nice. Like, it was, unless there was a lot of stops and a lot of people getting off and on, 10 minutes from the apartment, and that included walking time. And and that's just so mm-hmm. freaking awesome, and I, I freaking miss that. And if I wanted, like I said, the Barclays Center was a little bit more because it's in Brooklyn. But still, I just, yeah, it's <laughs> so convenient to get to MSG. Good stuff, man. The MSG is awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a little break here and uh, let's talk about merchandise. You've been listening to us in your ears for over two years now. Now you can wear us on your body. I encourage you and invite you to go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. You can find the official Mindless Wrestling Podcast t-shirt right there. You can check that out. 
you can pick that up. And if, uh, you know, if you're feeling a little generous and you want to pick that up in soft style, you can pick that up. Your skin will thank you. Your body will thank you. And we will thank you. Uh, that is ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot, the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, as well as many other podcasts that you can find on the Chair Shot Radio Network. Are, uh, they have their own T-shirts there. Go check those out. Help us help you help us keep making this great content that we make for you. And again, as always, visit the chairshop.com and check out the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Check out all the podcasts there. We've got everything from sports to entertainment, sports entertainment. Check it all out there. Got a lot of great people doing a lot of great content. And uh, speaking of great content, we're going to talk here for a few minutes. Uh, not only myself, but Rob, uh, you know, got himself out last week in the uh, in the uh, podcast sphere. And uh, Rob, you were on the uh, Earnestly Speaking podcast with EJ last week, weren't you? Yeah, we, yeah. And um, so we were talking mainly about the uh, just uh, top fifty rappers of all time list um, that was came out about a month ago or so. And you know, there was some stuff we agreed with. There was just there was some stuff which was just egregiously bad. And I ended up going on a rant about how 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 could you not include Will Smith in the top fifty rappers of all time? Um, that was just ludicrous. So well, he didn't even make the top. I haven't listened to the episode yet. I've just been way too. I'm so uh, far behind on podcasts. Yeah. So um, we. So so Rob, the question: You yes. know the top fifty? Who do you drop? Oh, um, shoot. Uh, Rob's like, I've got like six guys you could drop immediately oh, for Will yeah, Smith. Look, 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 I'm, look, cause I'm, look, I'm of that generation that, that stopped really heavy listening to rap music in the 2000s. So, look, anybody that, anybody who debuted after 2005, they can take a hike as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. But, my, my top 10 of, you know, like, I'm not a big rap fan, but I know what I listened to back in the day. My top 10 probably looks very different from. Um, what that top ten list probably probably um, consisted of? Yeah, so there, there was just I mean, yeah, I mean, um, I mean, there, there are rappers on that list who I like, who I would take, who I would have taken out to put Will Smith in the top fifty. Okay, but um, so yeah, we we spent most of the time on that, and then uh, talked a little Washington Commanders, Dan Snyder. Hopefully, he's getting run out of town soon. Hopefully, um. And uh, uh, Rob, would you like to uh, now on audio format rescind your Lamar take? Uh, yes, because for for a long time, uh, this whole thing about Lamar Jackson probably not staying in Baltimore. Um, I had a standing warning to him: please don't don't like save yourself, don't come to Washington because it's just so damn dysfunctional here. Uh, I you know, um, and we we already went through it with Robert Griffin the third. Uh, about what ten years ago, um, you know, I was like, "Dude, don't come here. Uh, it's not a good idea." Yeah, you definitely want a mobile quarterback on that field, right? And the, made the worst field in the NFL, and just a completely inept <laughs> owner who uh, can, can. I mean, Dan Snyder can find a way to screw up everything. Um, I mean, he owning an NFL team was like having an endless fountain of money. And yet he somehow has a cash flow problem. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, and because so, his books are crooked, man. Oh yeah, and uh, uh, he's, even, he's even been accused of having two sets of books, literally. Um, <laughs> two, only two. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, 
you know, so uh, my, my God, the 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 wrestling crowd would have an absolute coronary if they knew about all the shady shit that goes on in the NFL. Oh yeah, yeah. and and <laughs> but I mean, the, and owning an NFL team is supposed to be one of those things where even if you're like a crooked person, like there's so much money coming in, you shouldn't have to be crooked. You you have to you have to work very actively to not make money with an NFL franchise. Yeah, and um, so is that, and then the fact that he was like, they were damn near pimping out the cheerleading squad. Mm. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, and then I mean, they, like they were getting they were getting booked for appearances with all types of shady dudes. Um, right. And and then like the and the office culture was basically like a sexual harassment den. Um, you know the. Um, so the sooner we can get him out of here, the better. And but yeah, I, I had a standing warning to Lamar Jackson: don't do do. I, I don't care how much money they offer you, don't come here. But <laughs> now that it looks like you know Dan Snyder is will soon be gone. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Maybe you guys turn the corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's like I said, uh, Rob was on the Earnestly Speaking podcast. You can find that on just about any podcast platform that you find. EJ's a great guy. We've been on his show a couple times. Uh, love that dude. I'd love to have him on here, but I know he's uh, he's got a lot going on in life and you know business and you know being a dad and everything. So it's it's hard to line up schedules with uh, with Ernest. Uh, myself, I was on the Bandwagon Nerds this past weekend. You can again, that's part of the Chairshot Radio Network. Um, had a, my my first face to face with uh, Patrick O'Dowd. Uh, went well. Patrick and I have got a little bit of heat because he and I have very differing opinions on the Snyderverse. Um, we didn't dig too deep into that. We did talk some movie trailer stuff, some movie casting stuff. That was a lot of fun. Had a great time on there with Patrick and Tunny and Dave. Also, I was part of, again, part of the Chairshot Radio Network. I kept it in-house um, the last the last month or so. Was part of the Attitude of Aggression podcast, and we are. it was part of uh, Dave's Big Four project. He's uh, going through the year is 1988, went through all the Big Four pay-per-views that year, and I got to sit in on the last half of that. We talked... SummerSlam 88 and Survivor Series 88. It was the inaugural kickoff year of the kickoff pay-per-view for SummerSlam. It was the very first one. Uh, we talked a bit about that, and we also dug a little deeper into the storyline that would uh, eventually be the implosion of the Mega Powers. And it's a great chat with uh, Tunny sat in for a little bit of that. I know you guys have listened to Tunny on this show before. And then Dave and I kind of rounded that whole thing out. It was a lot of fun. It was a good time. We had a great chat, brought up a lot of good memories. Uh, it, it's fun to talk some of that OG wrestling stuff, Rob. I know, you know, Jason, it's probably a little bit before your time, but I would say 86 to 86 to 90, maybe 91 was a good time for WWE fans. Oh, it was. It was. We no. got fed a lot of good stuff in that five years. Yeah, it yeah. was. And, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to go back and look back on fondly from that time. Yeah, it was fun taking a walk down memory lane. Uh, and, you know, I'm looking forward to maybe being on with those guys again and talking some more old school stuff. Uh, so, basically, that's where you can find uh, <laughs> at least two-thirds of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Jason, I know you'd had an invite with uh, – who were you on with a couple months ago? 
You were, it was EJ and uh, uh, Big Jim I, from Three Count. Uh, yeah, I was on with EJ and Big Jim. I think we're going to do something like that again soon. So, All right, yeah, but again, comes. Big Jim we've had on this show before. Great guy from the Three Count Thursday podcast. Yeah. Yep. All right, so what else have we got tonight, guys? I know we're kind of calling it in the ring here. Um, do we want to talk uh, – a little bit of raw. I mean, I've seen some nuggets here and there. Um, just some stuff. I know people got some moments? feelings over. Did you see the big moment? The the moment you talking about the moment with Sammy and Jay? Yeah, absolutely. Oh my god. Oh my Perfection. god. Perfection. <laughs> they even you know really what? let everybody think. They really let all you people think. For a split second that it was going to happen. For the record, from Jump Street, as soon as Jay showed up, not a single fiber of my being doubted that he was going to be with the bloodline at the very, at the end of that episode. God bless. What a beautiful piece of business. What a beautiful super kick to that awful, awful Sami Zayn just trying to tear apart families and just yeah. no good, no good evil Sami Zayn getting put down like a dog. And one of the, again, I talk often about nuances on this show. That split second where Sammy realized he'd been had. Oh. Just that split second look on his face. face. Yeah. His face when he was like, oh, my God, you you crazy son of a bitch. You did it, Jay. You bastard. I love you. Like the slow grin that just slowly gets wired in that Cheshire cat as, you know. Sammy's lifeless body is thrown back into the ring. And the best part is when when I didn't notice that somebody pointed it out online with a screen cap today, but right after the super kick, when Jay reaches over and picks Sammy up by the beard and he's like, you thought you thought I would try with you. This is family shit. This is family. There's a little kid who's like just tall enough to reach the barricade and his like chin is almost resting on the barricade as he looks down at Sammy getting the shit beat out of him. It's just beautiful piece of business. As we say, when children are crying, wrestling is probably at its best. Yeah, that's that, that's absolute fact. You, you forget that that's, that's your target, man. Yep. And, and if that kid is upset because his hero, Sammy Zayn, got beat up, it brings you back and the kids bring parents. That, that kid shouldn't be upset because he's got a drink thrown in his lap, but... You know, if he's upset about something that's happening on screen or in front of yeah. his face, that's fine. That's uh, that's what we call actual heat, boys and girls. Right. Yeah. I'm not getting well, you know, we can talk about that if you want here in a minute. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's topical. We can talk about it. I, I think it's a, it's definitely a, a, an area of discussion. It's open and shut. It was dumb. It was yeah. dumb. It, it, 2023, it's the dumbest thing you could possibly do. And to be perfectly honest. Just do it to the wrong person who doesn't take an autograph and a handshake and a you know a signed belt as a aw shucks, thanks for being a good sport. You do it to somebody like that, you got some issues on your hands. Yeah. That's assault on a minor, man. Yeah, like, and, this is this is an interesting segue into the MJF talk. <laughs> yeah, and um, well, MJF, I'm gonna I'm gonna go off. He started me. MJF has completely and utterly lost his fastball. He sucks. He's he's just cheap pops and cheap. Oh, I I saw my girlfriend die in front of me, and it was kind of funny. And it's just like, what what's happening? You're not even like 
fun evil where I want to see you get punched in the face. This is the just, okay, I don't want to see you on my TV, man. I just don't. Like, it, it, whatever. If It's not to the point where I'm like, oh, I'm going to change the channel. MJF is on. But it's just like, all right, I'm much more interested in what the people are doing in response to you than anything that you are doing. Because it's just, yeah, it's, and it sucks because the guy, when he was in the indies, and we, he knew where that line was. He knew exactly where that line was. And somehow he just lost it. Like, oh, I'm sorry. One of the things that's always going to pop me is when he's he's a you know he's at an indie show and he's turns to this guy and he's like, Oh yeah, you know, you think you're better than me? I, blah, 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 blah. I can do I can do something. Watch this. Oh, and he stand he was sitting and he stands up and he goes, Stand up. The guy was in a wheelchair. Wow. The but the guy <clears throat> and but but hang on, and you you might hear that story and not see the full clip and everything like that. That guy was one hundred percent playing along. He was one of those fans. He was you could tell he's one of those fans that he you could get to that line with right line because the guy popped. The guy like laughed. He's like, oh shit, yeah, I can't stand up. Ha ha, you're the best. Like it it worked. He knew where that line was. Now he's just uh, what's the what's the old phrase? A habitual line stepper. Well, yeah. um, he bad he badly needs um, an editor or you know someone to uh, you know. He 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 needs the dirty word a writing staff. Exactly, he doesn't need a script. The guy and, we, and I know that that's 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 a that's a dirty word here amongst some of you folks, but there's a reason why WWE has these things in play to keep a guy like him from going completely off the rails and forgetting what this is supposed to be. Like there's a way to get heat for yourself. And, and, and there's definitely a line, especially when it comes to, to dealing with kids. And I know I talked a few weeks back about how my girlfriend felt like Grayson Waller kind of crossed that line at the NXT show we went to. I disagree with her. I think he was right. He walked right up to the edge, but he didn't go completely over it. I think what MJF did was was way over the line. You can get heat and and make people want to punch you in the face without terrorizing a kid the way you did. And like, we go back to something Rob talked about. One of Rob's things to talk about is Cornette and uh, when he hit Baby Doll with the uh, the tennis racket right. ages ago. This was part of the performance, okay? And and they were the fans were shoot hot on Cornette, like they were like Rob tells the story much better than I do, but they they, they had to like pretty much usher Cornette out of there under security. To, and there's been many instances where that's the case, but it was all heat from the performance. Now, if this kid had been a plant, say he was maybe I don't know Tony Khan's nephew or some shit like that, or and Tony even- said, hey. A cameraman's kid who just knows the deal. Something. He knows what's coming. He knows, okay, you're going to get dumped something on your head. But my understanding was the dude took a full cup of tequila. Like, yeah. for starters, why Why in the hell was someone at ringside with a full cup of tequila? That's, that's question number stop, one that I have. Stop, stop, stop. She was behind the barricade. She had it in her hand. It was just a drink. It was fine. Okay. You're going to dump it on a kid's head? No, he dumped it in his lap, first of all. Let's not make it. Matter, it dumps it on him. I don't know. Don't I was about to it. No, stop. I was about to say <laughs> matters because it's frankly, if he had knocked it out of the woman's hand in the kid's direction, 
that's almost better. Like, yeah, fine. Interact with your audience. Yes, we understand that people might land in their laps. Josh Briggs uh, now, no, still Josh Briggs, uh, landed, oh, no, Bro, uh, Jensen. Bro, uh, Bro, uh, Brooks? Brooks is, anyway, uh, the, the taller guy in Brooks and Jensen. He was known by Josh Briggs, and he landed right in my nephew's lap. You know, because he got tossed to the outside and we were ringside and, you know, they were brawling in the outside and that happened. You know, he didn't land directly and squish the kid, but, you know, it happened. They, you know, there's a certain expectation when you're ringside. It is a live stunt show for all purposes. So, but no, no, for something to directly happen to you, it's got to happen in a certain, in a certain way. And that was not it at all. Right. Or, Uh, or. If you take somebody's drink and then throw it on your opponent. Oh, yeah. That's- we know we've seen that a million times. Yeah. Right. Like if I pay 15 bucks for a drink and Cody Rhodes grabs it and throws it in Austin Theory's face, I'm going to pop for it. It's worth the 15 bucks for me. I I would have paid 50 for it. Right. But if, if you, you take that same drink and dumped, it, and dumped it on my kid. Right. No, we, we've, we, that's, a, that's, a different, uh, that's a different set of circumstances. We, you There's and I now have an issue now. I'm, I'm secure. Security is probably going to get me, but I'm at least slapping them in the mouth. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, I, like well, what? I said, I said on Twitter. Again, that, that, yeah. the, the wrong dude. What's the image? And of course, you know, the Bobos who love AEW and everything happened. If that woman actually did go crazy and start attacking, I'm like, they'd be like, oh, look at this. It's awesome. That fan should be banned from wrestling events for life. Shut yeah, exactly. up. Yeah. yeah. Look, let me tell you, because uh, I said this on Twitter, I'll say it here. If in you know 1986, if you know Terry Funk would pour a drink on my head when we were watching Hulk Hogan, and, um, you know Bob Senior would have beaten the crap out of Terry Funk, and you know I'd have been calling my mom from the county jail to come get us. <laughs> oh, dude, my mom absolutely would have bounced his head off the barricade. Oh, my dad would have dragged him over the barricade and into the into the crowd, and we'd have gone to war. I think back yeah. to the last indie show that I went to. Um, there was a guy, and I forget the kid's name, and I know he, I don't even know if he's still in the business anymore. Great guy, super nice guy, good worker. Um, I know he did some some SmackDown backstage stuff for a little while. He was doing this gimmick, and he was wrestling in the main event, and he came out with a megaphone, and his thing, he's you know, yelling through the megaphone, and he turned this thing around, and he yelled right in this little girl's face with this megaphone. Oof. And she couldn't have been maybe six or seven years old, and she was terrified she started crying she started screaming made this whole big scene this event took place at a local harley davidson dealership and it attracted the expected crowd to a harley davidson dealership (laughs) and most of those folks are now circling the ring waiting to get hands on this kid because he scared a little girl Oh boy! Yep. To the point where the workers all came out and it started circling the guys who were circling the ring. <laughs> Dude, I thought there was going to be a full-on like, like roadhouse brawl in, in the parking lot of this Harley Davidson. And finally, the the guy who was working the main event, his name is Zach Bonstar. He was dating my friend uh, Beth at the time. Beth had to come down. She had to calm everybody down. She had to pull this little girl aside 
I, I think she gave her t-shirts and stuff like that, but it was like a whole situation. So yeah, you gotta as a, as a wrestler, you gotta really know where that line is and understand that there's some folks that it's still real to them, and it, it a lot of people draw the line with messing with kids, and and even though yes, you know you should. MJF probably thought, hey, I'm gonna get some great heat here, and you ain't wrong, Bubba, you got heat. It, it just probably did not go the way he thought it would or maybe it went exactly how he thought it would and he just doesn't care how it went um I think it's the latter yeah probably the latter i mean he, and, and this is ray cash said something the a couple weeks back on here about grayson waller being fearless and regardless of how you feel about mjf the guy is absolutely fearless he's not afraid of anything he'll say anything he'll do anything to get over um and, and sometimes that poses a problem you know, you've got to find a way to get heat from this crowd. And you also have to determine, do you want to be the cool heel or do you want to be the heel heel? And, you know, if you want to be the heel heel, pay attention to Baron Corbin. I know a lot of people shit on Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin can go out there and get legit legit heat from a crowd and not piss off the kids. Not in the wrong way. Um, I just Yeah, it, just a poor... Poor judgment call on Max's part. Uh, and, and I expect better from the guy because I know he's better than that. Uh, that's why I really wish he'd get the hell out of AEW and come to WWE. I think a guy like him needs a bit of a guide. He needs a little bit of hand-holding and somebody to say, hey, look, um, maybe, don't do, maybe don't do that. When I mentioned, like, uh, you know, you were like, well, he's a guy who needs something. I was like, a script. But you're right. He doesn't need a script. But the guy needs bullet points and do's and don'ts. Right. And and, and Tony Khan just doesn't have that. Or if right. he does, they're all much. just looking at him like, yeah, whatever, pal. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. Because they're exactly. supposed and, to and do that. Yeah, um, there you go. Yeah, I think, um, well, I mean, word is that Tony actually said something to him about it. So. Well, he should. Well, yeah. I mean, because that's, I mean, that, that, that could have ended badly a million different kind of ways. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure the network was looking at it like, hey, I'm glad you did that to a super fan and not just somebody who was there, you know, with comp tickets or something like that. Right. Yeah. So uh, you you actually watched the whole show there Sunday, didn't you, Jason? Uh, the pay-per-view? Yes, I did. Uh, how was that? It was fun. Uh, I'm No, I'm sorry. I didn't watch the show, actually. But oh, most, I watched the main event. I apologize. I went and I watched the end of... Uh, the trios match because my wife was watching it and then I was out here watching the Celtics and getting their crap knocked around and blah 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 and uh, and for some reason I uh, the cable boxes were weird and she bought it on that cable box and we couldn't stream it on the same t- same TV but I now have it recorded forever so that's great um, but in any case I watched the main event which was just an absolute like fight which was awesome. And they really, really tricked me. I thought I thought Brian was gonna win. They really got me a couple of times, a couple of false finishes, a couple of like like oh the moment is building, here it comes, and then Mox would get out of it or Mox would kick out or whatever. Um But yeah, it was it was it was awesome. Uh the the main event anyway. Like I said, I watched the trios match just so I could, you know, make sure that one Phil Brooks wasn't gonna come back. Because I felt like that was the opportunity. Because I was going to be like, all right, well, we're canceling. You know, I'm calling, I'm calling Comcast and asking for a refund on this replay and pay per view <laughs> and blah blah blah. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, from what I saw of the show, it was fun. And my wife loved it. So yeah. she had a good time. So all in all, she had a great time and she she doesn't she sticks she sticks around for the corniness less than I do. Um and she still had a great time. So in that regard, I think they are definitely in a better place than they were a year or two ago. Um, just in terms of all the players being in their spots and everybody kind of has their, you know, everybody has their mojo now. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's, it's good. It's, they, they, they're cruising, man. They really are like, well, with that mo- roster, they should, when you look around that, they've got some talent there. Like, let's be real about AEW. And unfortunately for them, a lot of their really good talent is ex WWE people. Um, I would argue that they're not using all of them. Like I was in a discussion on, um, Facebook with some friends that I'm in a group with, uh, we, we could argue is Keith Lee really any better off than he was in, in WWE. And, and that's a hard call because WWE really didn't give him a chance, at least on the main roster. So we don't know how Keith would have turned out, you know, so it's, right. it's hard to argue that, that point, but we can definitely argue a case about Miro. And I, you know, I understand that, you know, Miro has been injured for, a while, but he's been healthy for a while as well. And, you know, creative still has nothing for him. Meanwhile, on the other other side of the street, you know, when creative had nothing for you, well, you need to ask for your release. You need to get out of prison, you know, and now we're looking at Miro who realistically has not made, and and some of this is just, they haven't put him on TV. And some of this is just people not willing to accept that the dude had a ceiling to begin with. He really has not peaked any higher in AEW than he ever did in WWE. One would argue he peaked higher in WWE because at least I've he never, had a three. I've, I've never seen him on a tank in AEW. Yeah. Right. And he wrestled I've John Cena in a, a three-month program. To fight their biggest star. Right. Right. So, yeah, I, I would argue that he peaked in WWE. He hasn't even come close to where he was in WWE. And you Wait, can probably go down the list of, of, of people Did that are like that. But AEW has a hell of a roster. Hmm. They just, they can't seem to find any, I don't want to use the word synergy, but it just. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Like I said, somebody needs to take creative control of that company. You know what? It's the consistency and it's the everybody's kind of running their own thing. And that, I think, is to their detriment. Because Eddie said that Eddie keeps running this whole thing 
where he's like, he's moved over to the Ring of Honor roster. And he's like, oh, things are much better over here. And this is, you know, the locker room is much better. And Eddie, I love you to death. And this partially isn't your fault, because I'm sure they're asking you to run the storyline. But, like, Tony Khan announced that he bought AE, uh, Ring of Honor at the end of a dynamite on screen in the ring or on the stage. Like, we can't kayfabe around this. We can, This isn't like WWE buying, let's just say, MLW. And they don't mention word one on screen about it. And then just suddenly WWE guys are showing up in MLW. That, right. okay, fine. I can, I can at least play along. I will play along with you. I get it. Or if you have some sort of, like, I don't know, WWE or... NXT gets annexed and Sean just says, no, I'm not, I'm not sending any more guys to you. And I don't want any more guys from you. We're running fine. And we got our own cable deal. If he says that on TV, whatever, fuck it. I'll play along. I don't care. But like, dude, you got to give me something. You got to make this make sense. So it, and it doesn't frankly right now. Right. Yeah, well, I, I, I know we've kind of cut you off and 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 can, we've cut the ring off here, so to speak, Rob. Why don't yeah, you jump sorry. in? Oh, because uh, because um, well, like I told you I subscribed to the uh, WrestleNomics thing uh, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, and next day they did like a whole presentation about AEW this weekend. Uh, they were talking about how you know, like within the past year, some of their business has gone down and what have you. And so it turns out, I mean, according to what, you know, what they were to their research that they've done and everything that, um, that Mr. Brooks actually did make a big difference. Um, that a lot of their numbers peaked, like, you know, the basically during the time he was there, the time that he was there and on TV and all of that stuff. And I, they, I don't think you need a WrestleNomics degree to figure that out. I mean, well, as much as we may have shit on CM Punk and Phil Brooks as a human, CM Punk, the wrestler, was and still is a draw. Let's let's be realistic. Let's be fair. Yeah, and just no, it's just um, but to see it spelled out, you know, because there have been people claiming that that wasn't true. Um, so to see it spelled out, to see where certain numbers were peaking while he was there yeah and how they've gone down since he's been gone uh like to get to see it it spelled out just really says something and because that's kind of what they've been like what's been missing really is um like since he's been gone uh i mean it it makes a difference because nobody has really filled his position as far as you know the, the person to watch on the show and it just i mean i do think it, it don't be surprised if, if they find a way to bring him back in uh don't because yeah it it's inevitable at this point i think and at this point where else is it going to go it, while i do think there's there's a dollar to be made in bringing the, uh, CM Punk back to WWE. There's money to be made no. there. Let's again, let's keep it a buck. Yeah, I I don't think they want that in their locker room. Not not enough. There's not enough money to be made. 
Yeah, they, they've got right now. No, no, there charge. isn't. You can't trust that guy for anything now. You can't. Stop. Uh, absolutely, and that's that's what you know. When when so when so, guys I'm like going to put you in a I'm going to put you in a program with Roman Reigns, just so you can go into business for yourself and do something stupid on screen or fucking no 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 no, or just make it miserable for everyone in the back after two months when you decide. Oh, I didn't get my world title shot right away. No 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 no. Here's the difference that nobody wants to hear. At this point, we we are past the 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 date of importance of him making a, a noticeable comeback to WWE at this point, he needs WWE more than WWE needs him. It's Absolutely. vice versa for AEW. Yep. It yeah. still is, but they need I him a think, hell of a lot more than he needs them. But I think again, just like the last time around with AEW, it was a short term gain for a, you know, Right now, long-term problem, because the guy shit his pants, as he always fucking does, and he ruined it for everyone for, like, six months. Um, so, want to do that, Nate, in WWE again? No, no one's doing negative. that again. No. no one is calling that guy. And I'm pretty sure... It's exactly what you were talking about, DJ. It's it, it, it's the money versus the headache, and right now, I don't right. think the money outweighs the headache. And, and, it's and not when we say short-term gain... gain I'm pretty sure, and then to please somebody in this panel, correct me if I'm wrong, there was a podcast out there that predicted that in the short term, CM Punk would make a big difference, but we also predicted the implosion. We saw this coming, and I'm sure yeah. there were people that listened to this podcast and went, no, these guys don't know what they're talking about. They, they, it's not going to happen this time. Tony's a different person than Vince. It's a and, whole different and company. Full credit. Go back. Go back to when he debuted. I, the CM Punk hater, like I sports hate the dude, and I'm like this close to. I genuinely dislike Phil Brooks. Like I don't hate the guy. I don't care. But I genuinely dislike him from what I know of him personally. Yeah. Um. So like, and even I watched his comeback, watched his little crisscross applesauce promo, and was like, you know what? Let's give this guy another chance. You know what? All good. Shit sucked in WWE. You're right. Didn't go according to plan. Yeah, you might have, you know, been a little greedy at times and whatnot. But you know what? Bygones be bygones. And let's just, you're at your new place. Clean slate. Let's go. And I, I that is on record on, it might not, it's not on the chair shot. You'll have to go back on the old Mindless Wrestling yeah, podcast. Yeah, you have to go back on the to find that one. Yeah. But, and then quickly, we were just like, I mean, you guys were less optimistic for, for, from the get-go, and I give you guys all the credit in the world for doing that. Um, but, you know, quite quickly, I fell in line with you guys and was like, nope, this yeah, isn't going to work. CM Punk burnt me once as a fan. It won't happen again. Well, yeah. I guess cause me, I, I mean, I was never big on the CM Punk train anyway. Uh, oh, yeah. See, I was. I was all the way in on the Summer of Punk, man. I oh, was man. all the way in on that. Tattoos, the music, the this, the that, the guy, the guy's right up your alley, dude. He was absolutely booked for me. It just yeah. yeah. But uh, so, it's, uh, uh, go ahead. It was it was interesting to see it uh, brought out, just spelled out, like with details and all that stuff. Because I mean, y'all know that I, you know, that that's you know that's my thing that I like to do. You know, well <laughs> the number the numbers are your language. Yeah, and so and to me. 
Yeah, that's why, look, I've been on this basic crusade for the past year, you know, digging into whatever numbers I can find, uh, you know. And it's just, it's been very informative. Uh, you know, I guess the, the short answer is in regards to WWE is that um, they're booking they're booking the right people in the right places on the show. Yeah. Uh, no matter what you think. Um, and the, you know, whether, and now, I mean, now that I'm, that I have can see like the quarter hours and stuff, it's, it's double true now. Um, yeah. Like and you can see just why certain people are in certain spots and, you know, regardless to who you personally, you know, cause there's always this arguing on Twitter about, well, this person is or is not, you know, drawing, this person doesn't have any fans and this person is you know way over and they should be here and da, 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 da. and when you when you take the time to actually to really look into this stuff um you can see that yes they have the right people and they have people in the right places regardless of what you think regardless of who you personally like or dislike you know um they have you know um they do they they have an entire team that does what rob likes to do and the, the data mining, and they cater and, and and adjust their programming to what that data tells us. And a lot of that data is not tangible to the average person. And a lot of it, well, look, we're not going to see most of it because it's, I mean, these companies that do it, proprietary information, they're not going to reveal all their methods because, I mean, what make, they get paid basically for knowing how to do this stuff better than other people. Yeah. So we're never going to see all of it, right? Uh, we're just not. But I'm telling you. By, just, by the way, guys, they they grab these people from all walks of life. These are not wrestling analytics people. These are just analytics people, like period. And they just say, "Here's your canvas. It's our wrestling program." And they go, "Okay, let's get to work." Yeah. And um. So and again, I do this stuff as you know. I'm you know, I'm a mathematician, so I just I have a curiosity. But um, yeah, they have a department that does this. Yeah. I mean, people, Rob does it as a hobby. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is their job. Right. And yeah. let's all note if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, let's all note how fucking good at it Rob is. Like, and Rob's good. not a professional. Like, no, you don't do well. You do some of this stuff at your occupation, but the analytics stuff and things like that is just a hobby for you. And you're really fucking good at it. So imagine what the people getting paid, you know, six figures to do it for. Are. Yeah. Um, and so, and look, I've been very vocal about, you know, um, about, you know, Roman and about Ronda Rousey in particular, um, as to, how's Cody doing, uh, Cody's doing good. Now, um, Cody, now the reports are that he's selling all this merchandise and just now he has, there have been a couple of times where he's had the highest rated part of the show on Raw. And for promos, by the way. Um, and, you know, because that's one thing. Like, when people just walk out to the ring and they talk and, like, nothing physical happens, um, a lot of times, unless you're just one, like, you have to really be one of the real big, big-name people to be able to walk out there and just grab the mic and talk for a few minutes and get a big number. Yeah. And Cody is one of the people doing that right now. So... That's, I mean, that, that's your sign that, yeah, I mean, this is not a mirage, you know, with him. Um, so, and I know we, we crank on the ratings nonsense and stuff once in a while, but the numbers are accurate both as a floor 
and when you compare them to each other. That's so, right. Yeah, that's, you look for trends. You look yeah, for, and that, exactly. And that's, yeah, and then so that that uh, does not speak to the the be all end all popularity of any one segment or anything like that, but it certainly can give you a damn good barometer. <clears throat> yeah, and like for example, um, like there there are people who, you know, when you know they consistently raise the audience when they go out there. Right. Like um, they're you know they're in they're in you know one of those people in particular is somebody who. Who I who I go to bat for quite frequently. Who a lot of y'all think doesn't do that, um, and I'll just leave it there. Um, yeah, no, she, um, she's a draw, and people need to get over it. Yeah, and and but you know, but um, and I, I won't go on forever about that. But just um, but like I said, and I've in like I've been very vocal about Ronda Rousey. Just an exa- as an example, um, Ronda last year, if you compare her just to the field for the you know as far as the women's division. Um, Ronda gained viewers far more often than everyone else, and and when that helped as much as people ripped all over that you know the thing that her and Charlotte had last year. Um, there were weeks where they were the highest rated part of the show when Roman was there. Damn. Okay. Um. So, and look, and I'll even look. I'll give most of the credit to Ronda for that because Ronda is Ronda. Okay. Um. But still, um, the fact, yeah, there are people who do want to see Ronda Rousey, folks. And um, <laughs> Ronda and Charlotte are good dance partners too, though. Yeah, like, I, they, they really yeah, they are. are. It's it's one of the times. Like we can argue Ronda's overall in ring ability until the cows come home. Uh, she's not always sharp. She's not always crisp. But goddamn, if her and Charlotte don't always feel like a legit fight when they're in there. Am I yeah, and and Rob and put, putting aside your bias? Am I wrong on that, or like I feel like this no, feels like an old school feud to me? Yeah, and uh, and I think because well, well, Ronda basically Ronda gets Ronda chooses who she works with, right? So and, and she, I mean, she said that her own mouth. That's not dirt. She you know whatever whatever. Um, so she clearly likes working with Charlotte. Charlotte. Love working with her, so I mean they love working together, and like you said, they do. They do. It does feel like they're really fighting each other in there. And yeah, um, and look. So again, um, you know that for all the you know, look, Rhonda can't cut a prompt. She can't. She's not good at talking. Okay, and that's just is what it is. And but that still, I mean, look, the people who like Rhonda don't care, and that, that's a whole other thing. Like yeah, we talk about oh. It's important to be able to cut promos and all that. I mean, some people really don't. Some people are fine not doing it or not yeah. doing it well. And she's one of those people. The people who like her don't give a damn. Right. Like, um. If she, they just want to see her come out there and beat people up. And and when they stick to that with her, you know. And I've said before how you know the when they had her working as a baby face and coming out there and just beating up the bad guys. That has all that has always worked really well for her, and it's always and it's always gotten over, and people love to see that. And it's you know, and it's just the whole narrative about her is just it's completely wrong as far as what you see on Twitter from people. And and look, I, and look, I've been critical about Ronda at different times for this for different things, but um, I will defend you know to the very end, like her actual popularity and what have you, and because. 
even now we're at a point where a lot of the audience has isn't you know quite as big on her as they were. That when they post videos around us on the YouTube channel, they still do big numbers. Yeah. Um, well, so and that I, just proves that I people the, outside the bubble are still invested. Yeah. That's very much a bubble thing. Yeah. And but but yeah, I mean just I mean, and I mean you can see the react like <laughs> seeing just how you see just how big Roman is by looking at this stuff. Yeah. And I mean, there's a reason that the bloodline, you know, they open up, they open and close SmackDown every week now, and and some weeks they open and close both shows. Yeah. And, yep. You know, and that's not by accident. You know. All right. <laughs> what's work? It's what's working. It's the. I mean, it's the NWO. We're not going to oversaturate it, but you know, like we did with the NWO. But it. Yeah, the it, lessons it, were it, learned it, there. It's so. what makes. That's what makes the money. So it, it, it turns right. the wheels, man. Yeah. So, all right. Well, why don't we call the go home there, guys? Um, I, we recorded a night early in a show that almost didn't happen. Um, I, I'm at conference. We usually record on Wednesday night, and I record. You know, peel back the curtain here a little bit. I, I we record on usually Wednesday night unless there's a schedule conflict. This week there was one. I usually edit and send uh, send the finished product over to the bosses on Thursday to be uploaded on Friday morning. I'm at conference. Uh, I'm leaving out of here probably six o'clock Thursday morning, so I, I will not get a chance. And you know, if we record on Wednesday night, I just don't have enough time to edit and send it over. So we recorded a day earlier, and I, you know, talked to my guys last week. I said, uh, you know, hey guys, can we do Tuesday? Said, sure, sure, sure. So I'm sitting at dinner at about six thirty. I'm like, oh, so guys, uh, so we usually do seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So I so said, guys, uh, usual. Usual time tonight, and Jason's like, uh, Deej, what day is it? <laughs> and I'm like, I know what day it is, but I, 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 to be fair to me, you've done that before too. I have, I have, and, and to be fair to me, you've forgotten what day. Like, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That was an infamous bit on this show. Jason completely, and I, I, I stretched that out for two or three weeks. <laughs> I messed with Jason for a couple episodes on that one. But, uh, yeah, no, I've done that to him before. He's like, what day is it? I'm like, oh, it's the day we're recording. But, you know, both my dudes forgot. Uh, Jason's, like, totally forgotten. And Rob chimes in about 10 minutes later. He's like, oh, I forgot, too. I'm like, guys. <laughs> so I, I guess, you know, I got – if we do this again, I got to remind everybody. But, yeah, you know, all in all, everybody pulled it together. We had another good show. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, next week, I think we can start ramping up the WrestleMania talk. We'll be, uh, we'll be just about two weeks out from the big uh, – the, the 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 big one so we can start we've got some of the matches some of the, the the card is starting to come together and i think in two weeks we can really start ramping up the mania talk what do you think yeah that sounds so far good we to got, me man we got we got we got seven matches official now mm-hmm. and they're about three or four about well, like three more that you know we know they're happening but they just have to you know make it official so we're up okay. to about we're up to about 10 i think matches now so um if hunter is indeed going to do a shorter card then it's then they're either going to cap it at 10 or they might add one you know one more for each night and make it six for each night so Have we'll they mentioned out. the andre or the may young i mean the uh, uh you know, what's your no, name so- i mean the it used to be Mula, and they it took Mula. about five minutes to uh, 
Because okay. it was like right after they announced the Moolah, all that dirt about Moolah started coming out. So then I think they just called it like the women's the women the wrestle women's WrestleMania women's Battle WrestleMania Royal. Battle Royal. That that yeah that the Moolah lasted all of about five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Before the internet did its thing. Right. <laughs> all right, guys. Let's call the go home there. Let's wrap back around the room here and say good night and thank you to my co-hosts, starting with Bucky's tag team partner Jason, sir. Good luck on on whatever's going on with work, and and hopefully you hopefully you find some peace soon, man. That's I know from personal perspective. If you're not happy at work, the rest of your life suffers. Yeah, and it's just kind of a bummer because it's like ah, I was you know you know you were hyped stuff about this. Apart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Usually stuff falls apart you know six months in or something like that, and it's not exactly falling apart. But again, I'm looking at it and I'm like, all right, I was told. Something on day one that turns out not to be true by day 45 or whatever. Yeah. What's going to look like by month six? They they sold you a two-story house. You got one story coming in the door and another story when you got in there. Exactly. So, (laughs) so no, I'm like, all right, at least need to start looking around. All right. Well, be good. Yeah, good deal. Good, Good luck on that and keep us in the loop. From the Rob the Genius podcast, Mr. Rob, sir, thank you. Fun show. Oh, thank you. Always a pleasure. And please excuse the yawning, man. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's been that kind of week it's already, and it's, it's only it's, Tuesday. It's, it's, not, it's not you guys. Trust me. It's, it's not you. <laughs> it's not the company. All right. And I am the man with the award-winning beard, DJ. This has been the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com, where, as always, we encourage you to always use your head. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want. But call it in the ring, and we'll be back next week.